AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next water fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 and welcome and happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, I'm not sure what your traffic situation is like, but if you're out there and you're driving around, I just want you to know on 195 West, there was an accident and the traffic is backed up all the way, like from, I want to say the Washington Street Bridge, all the way back. So uh, just be careful. Uh, and if you've got another route, you might just want to make sure you, you try to take it uh, until that uh, accident is cleared. But anyway, I hope everybody had a incredible weekend. I know that we did at Water Fire. It was a weekend that was just chock full of events, not only Water Fire, but Pride Fest. Um, we're leading up to the CVS Charity Classic, which is coming up this weekend, uh, which means, you know, there's still tickets available, and we are uh, actually asking people to go to the CVS Health Charity Classic website and uh, to, you know, sign up. It's all for charity. It's great. They have a lot of events on Sunday. It's actually a fun-free event for a lot of people, uh, and, you know, you can go down. There's uh, things for the whole family to do, and then if you haven't heard, Lady Antebellum is going to be in town Tuesday, and that's also to benefit the CVS Health Charity Classic. And if you haven't heard this, um, for the last 18 years or over 18 years, CVS Health and the Charity Classic has donated over $19 million to different charities, which um, I think is just amazing. So a very big thank you to CVS Health Charity Classic, and we are very excited. Uh, last weekend, again, was a blast, and there was so much there was so much going on and so much activity. And again, that was a lot because of Pride Fest, and I took a walk down there and saw lots of great booths and some great friends. Um, but we also had something very cool happen at Waterfire. Um, and before I go into that, I would like to introduce my co-host, Pat Paolino-Cruz, who many of you, uh, if you're from Rhode Island, know her. And if you don't, I'm not sure where you've been because she's everywhere all the time. And she's uh, one of our best event producers here in Rhode Island and, and does a whole heck of a lot. So hi, Patty. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Fabulous. Excellent. So were you, were you at Pride Fest I miss it. Okay, honestly, I just I was worn out, and this is probably the first pride I had ever missed, and I can't even tell you how many years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I mean it's always amazing, and I heard it was fabulous. Of course, I mean I have no doubt that it's always going to be fa- fabulous, and then combined with water fire in the same night, and you know I just. I can't even believe I missed it. it so was I'm kind of bummed. Great, there were I people know. walking around in costumes, and yeah. it, it was just crazy. <laughs> and then there was the calmness of the fires. And then again, we had CVS Health on site. But we also had—you've um, heard about honesty. You, yes. you drink honesty. Yeah, actually. I do. I know you do all the time. Um, so they were on site, and they have got this really incredible initiative. Now we didn't tell anybody they were going to be on site, and I'll tell you why in a second. But um, I might I, have been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, They've got this really incredible initiative that they are doing nationwide, and I have my friend James Vericchio on the line with me from Honesty. James, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing fine. Hey, James. Did you Did you recover from Saturday and then the water fire event? We did. It was a great event, a late night, but I'm all rested from it. Well, that's good. Was it your first water fire, James? 
So it was my first water fire. It was amazing, too. Thank you guys for having us. Well, we want you back. And, you know, but the thing that I want you to discuss, because this is just, all right, we always say, and I always say, that water fire is probably one of the best social experiments ever. Because it shows that you have so many people in this small area and that if you create the right environment, right action will follow. And James, would you tell us a little bit about what the National Honest Index is? Sure, I'd love to. Um, So Honesty has been doing this social experiment for about seven years uh, every summer uh, where we set up temporary unmanned pop-up kiosks which have cold bottles of Honesty and cold uh, Honest Kids juice pouches and signs that say a dollar a bottle uh, on the honor system. So we set these stands up and we, we walk away, we blend into the background so people don't know we're there, mm-hmm. uh, and see what people will do when they're faced with the choice of will you pay for a bottle? Uh, or or will you be honest? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, did you get a lot of foot traffic on Saturday flying by? We really did. Um, we had about 400 people interact with the stands. Nice. Uh, so a lot of people... And so, t- all right, tell me, this because this is happening in multiple cities, right, James? Correct. Yeah, we're, we're doing it this year in 26 cities across the country. And then it culminates in August, and you release results, um, correct, as to, you know, what people did? Is that what it is? Did you release results as to who was honest and who was not? Exactly. So if you go to the nationalhonestyindex.com on August 23rd, mm-hmm. we'll be launching all the results. Um, and... In addition to seeing who paid and who didn't, we we tracked some lighthearted, observable criteria like hair color and gender uh, to add to the data. (laughs) What were were the redheads doing is what I want to (laughs) know. They were adding vodka to their honesty. (laughs) Oh, Pat. (laughs) With me. So you do you also you also post that to kind of show you know whether there's different are there different age brackets or is it just more you know hair color or um, what how how do you, how do you break that down? Yeah, this year we've kind of simplified it with just hair color and gender. In okay. past years, uh, just to add a different twist on things, we've done things like uh, you know age bracket or, or just anything you can observe like mustaches, mustaches, facial hair. Um, that is so year, cool. Simple, Very just cool. Your location, your gender, and your hair color, uh, and if you paid her or stole. That that's wild. Now, can I ask you? I know that you can't um, reveal any results because all that's happening in August. And I mean, again, I think it's so neat that you just pop up, and you know, it's kind of up to people to figure out what they're going to do when, when somebody's not looking. What would you do, Pat? If you want to, what would you do? I'd pop the money in. I'm sorry. All right. And I have a feeling that the majority of people would probably pop the money in. Is that so, James? Can you say in the past is there usually what is there a ratio of how many people actually pop the money in and are honest or and, and yeah, how many? Yeah, yep, definitely. So the last six years that we've done it, the national average has been between ninety percent and ninety-five percent honest. So that's, really, that's See, very you know, high. I, you know, especially when you ask people beforehand what they think the percentage would be. Yeah, most people guess a lot lower. Yeah, I, um, I, w- I would have guessed a lot lower to be honest. I would have guessed a bit lower, but I'm really like kind of encouraged That's about that number. That's very encouraging, yeah. actually. Um, and so also, one of the things that, I don't know if you've already said this, James, that I thought was really cool, so, you know, the people who do pop the money in, it all goes to charity, doesn't it, James? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, usually we don't release what's charity or, or, you know, we don't do a lot of promotion for the event, so 
people don't know that it's going to charity. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of want to keep it as an organic as an experiment as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to kind of, you know, twist it by having people know that it's going to be a charitable donation. But um, we definitely um, work with some great charities in the past and, and have donated all the money to them. So maybe I shouldn't have said anything on air, huh? <laughs> Well, Uh-oh. you guys are all done for the year. So I <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you're we were, all done. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, I mean, well, we were so excited to have you there. And again, when you and I first spoke about this, I was like, this is just perfect. It's because I don't know if you noticed, but at Waterfire, we have had a lot of donation jars, and some of them are unmanned. And with that many people, and sometimes our crowds get so big, you know, you wonder if somebody's going to try to stick their hand in the jar yeah. and take the money out that people are donating to water fire. And the thing that we find is that if you give somebody the opportunity to the opportunity to be honest, they usually follow that track. I we I don't think over the years that we've had many people kind of, you know, do like stick their hand have in. Have you ever? Um yeah, I think there's been times, but they are so far in imagine few between because there's so many people that are walking around and even if they thought about not being honest, I think that fear of everyone walking around you know hammering on them by the time they get the money out <laughs> by the time they get the hand out of the jar <laughs> they'd be in trouble yeah. but james anything else that you can tell us about this really again the national honesty index it's just it's brilliant I, I think it's just such a great idea anything else that we can look forward to or should we just you know check in with you uh, after august uh, and find out all of these demographics and, and what the results were. And I think that's when you said the charity will be released as well that uh, you'll be donating to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to check in with you guys after the results are released. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if people go to our website, honesty.com, mm-hmm. we're also running a, a, another program called the Refreshingly Honest Campaign where people can share their refreshingly honest moments with us uh, with a chance to win a trip to Honolulu, which is one of our most honest cities a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm oh, in. <laughs> Pat, 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 I am I am so in Pat, for that one. Pat lived in Hawaii, <laughs> by the way, just just so you know. But so can you just repeat that once more for our listeners? So if they go to the website and tell that what what their most honest story was, like let's say I found a hundred dollars on the floor and picked it up and tried to give it back to somebody, something like that, or yeah. So if you tag uh, hashtag refreshingly honest in any of your posts, uh, and again more information on our website honesty.com. But uh, we've released a couple of stories already as examples uh, where uh, a wife would, would cook one of her husband's favorite meals, and he believed it was home-cooked for a long time. Uh, and she shared with him the refreshingly honest truth that it was actually a flavor packet, not her own creation. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. And so I, I would imagine you get a lot of these stories that uh, get sent in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's uh, it's just great, lighthearted fun, and you know, with honesty, we, we seek to have an honest and transparent relationship with our customers and, and within our products with organic and fair trade ingredients. You know, we really like to see how important that is to other people as well. Well, I want to thank you for doing that social experiment and doing it at Waterfire and doing it in the other cities that you're going to be doing um, it in. And I can't wait to see the results. And I would love to go to Hawaii, just so you know. So I, I can tell you an honest story, and I'll write it down. And just remember, it came from Bronwyn. And, uh, <laughs> and Bronwyn wants to go to Honolulu. <laughs> and we can go from there. But, James, thank you so much. Uh, we love honesty. And, uh, again, I can't wait to hear the results. Uh, it's just a really cool thing that you're doing. Congratulations. Thank you, and thanks again for having us. Uh, Absolutely. And you have a great rest of the day. 
And to everybody out there, you're listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790 Talk in Business. I'm sitting here with my co-host for the day, uh, Pat Paolino Cruz, um, and she's probably one of the biggest event producers here in Rhode Island. And so she was a perfect fit for Waterfire uh, Ignites Rhode Island today because we're going to talk about all the different things happening, not only this weekend, but on July 4th weekend because she's in the know about everything. But next coming up, we're going to talk to Lou Paolino from Lifetime Medical. And Lifetime Medical is one of our supporters uh, of those Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island radio show. And so we'll be right back with you. So don't change the station. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And a quick reminder that we are underwritten by National Grid and sponsored in part by Lifetime Medical. Um, and I am so pleased. Lifetime Medical has been a Waterfire season sponsor and sponsor for years and sponsored Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island last year, and they're just an incredible company, um, and that is who I'm going to be talking to next. Uh, they uh, are recruiting uh, nurses and CNAs right now, but I want to talk with uh, my friend Lou Paolino. Uh, Lou, are you there? I am here, Bronwyn. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Terrific. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your busy schedule. I know that you are usually, you and Marie is, uh, are just working nonstop and 24-7 um, to make sure that people are comfortable and that everything's moving along so I, I really appreciate your time well let's uh glad to be here well so you know you and i have talked um, quite a bit about this one thing that I, we really need to bring attention to uh, and i'd like to start off with is you are always hiring aren't you um, and always looking for perfect recruits especially nowadays uh, bronwyn it's um it's been very competitive a lot of uh, people have um, moved out of state or are going to other states because the wage structures are a little bit more competitive in Mass and Connecticut, to be frank with you. Yeah. Uh, so the environment is a little bit more competitive, uh, but we're always looking for, for great help and great staff. Uh, we continue to offer uh, staff, you know, competitive wages and 401K. And, uh, you know, I think a big thing that we're able to do is um, uh, give People flexible hours, employees have flexible hours, they work close to home. So there is, you know, in addition to that bonus pay, and and, and they have the opportunity to work for an agency that's uh, accredited. Mm-hmm. So we are always looking for, for qualified uh, RNs, registered nurses, and certified nursing assistants. Yeah, you know, um, Lou, can we, can help. sorry, can you, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt you, but, you know, I was just thinking we should explain to our listeners exactly what Lifetime Medical does and who you service. I, absolutely. Well, we're a statewide agency. We've been in, we've been providing services to uh, tens of thousands of Rhode Islanders over the last almost 40 years. Yep. We're a CHAP accredited home health agency uh, providing skilled nursing to uh, people in their home, to patients in their home, uh, PT. OT, physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, and certified nursing assistants, home health aides, one being in the same on the skilled side. And then on the support side, uh, we offer uh, certified nursing assistants to uh, provide an array of services, uh, uh, for example, feeding or toileting, grooming, bathing, um, some of the, those are are what they call ADLs, activities of daily living. 
and on the um, in addition uh, they are able to pro- provide ho- housework or meal preparation mm-hmm. uh, be a med reminder the med reminder is more on the skill ne- skilled uh, side of that and then shopping and maybe using the telephone for communication so those are the type of services we give and what it allows people to do is to stay at home which is very important extremely important mm-hmm. um, I think 90% of the of the elderly want to age at home you know they, they want to age in place and um, the unfortunate thing in Rhode Island is um, four out of five uh, elderly that need long-term care have been going to nursing homes, and, and you know that's not um, that's not equivalent to what's happening in other states. I, I think there's 15 states that now have balanced their long-term care programs, where half the elderly are ending up in a nursing home and half are ending up at home. So we have a, 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 a huge wall to climb here in Rhode Island, and with some significant obstacles in the way. And I think as the listening public gets to understand what some of those challenges are. They may, um, you know, call their legislators or speak to um, people that have um, uh, some type of control of how spending is conducted here in Rhode Island to help them uh, so when the time comes and they want to age in place, they have that opportunity. Well, you know, because it's, so, it's, it's just because there's a huge financial difference between somebody being able to stay in their home or go to a nursing home? Well, what it is is this. You know, the state... Um, it costs the state, I believe it's about now between 100 and $120,000 a year to go to, to have someone go into a nursing home, and it's probably closer to maybe $30,000 a year to be at home. So there is a, a tremendous cost savings to the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, everybody wins, and obviously there's a, there's a place for nursing homes, uh, although, you know, some people, unfortunately, you know, uh, with the nursing homes, um, uh, you know, some people consider it like the last place before dying. Is you know, a yeah. nursing home is a, an unwanted situation for many elderly. But in some instances, you, you know, it's a situation where you have to be placed in a facility where you have um, a nursing home skill level, yeah. um, you know, ability. And but you know, ninety percent of the, the the elderly can stay at home, even even with a disability. Yeah. Um, they were able to stay at home and age in place with help from the outside. So I guess this is what, well, one, you know, I understand this very, very personally because my nana is on a decline and in hospice at home because we promised my grandfather that she would never leave her house. And I think a lot, um, sometimes I was talking to somebody, I was Jen Andrewsy last week, about healing and the healing process and sometimes how staying around your family and staying in an environment, especially if you're starting to experience dementia, or something like that right. is crucial to one's well-being rather than being put somewhere else. So I guess what I'm not getting is, um, and one, I just also want to say, the people and the nurses that are there and that are helping, and I know your staff, because I meet your staff every year, um, it's a very special, special group of people, um, big hearts and, and a lot of caring. But So if it's less if it costs less for somebody to stay at home and it's costing the state so much money, otherwise to like pay for somebody to go into nursing care or like a nursing home, what, where's the disconnect here? Because it um, just seems I counterintuitive. It, I think it's a policy problem. For example, I had talked to a counterpart. I mentioned this when I testified before the um, Senate Finance Committee. I was, I was t- speaking to a, a counterpart in Massachusetts in the Worcester area. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was telling me 100 people um, that were designated for long-term care ended up going into home care that could have easily been placed in a nursing home. 
So I think it's a policy issue that's, um, you know, in 2006 they had what they call the, the first inklings of what they call the global waiver here in Rhode Island. There was this push to balance the uh, long-term care system so that people could stay at home. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you're aware, but Rhode Island right now, uh, there was a reinventing Medicare, I believe, um, a report that stated that uh, we're number one in, in the country of elderly 85 and over on a percentage basis. So really? there's a real wow. uh, problem that, that, you know, the, the bus has, the train has left the station. Yeah. I think, I don't know how it's going to be solved. I know there are a number of agencies actually that have started turning cases back. We have people that have wanted to come home that we can't even take out of a nursing home. They're basically trapped there. So, uh, you know, the sister states that have balanced this long-term care program, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I get back to the global waiver because the initiative initially was that they were going to try to rebalance it here in Rhode Island. And somewhere along the line, the state annually underfunded uh, the Medicaid services that would allow elderly to go home. And they did it on a regular basis, and they did it, and they, uh, they kept rates, uh, uh, wages artificially low. And by doing that, mm-hmm. um, people went to other industries that, that are care- great caregivers, going to Massachusetts or Connecticut or, you know, going to another industry. Um, the high-quality CNAs that are out there, and there's tremendous amounts still out there. We have a great staff ourselves, and, and we pride ourselves in having phenomenally uh, dedicated individuals, but there is a, been a significant loss. And that's, that's, the answer is the policy has to change, but I don't know if it can turn on a dime. I don't know if the political, um, you know, if the, the political will is there yeah. to act. And, you know, I just encourage uh, policymakers to uh, take a second look at what they've uh, allowed to happen here in Rhode Island and maybe kind of find a way to turn this ship around. Well, I don't think a lot of people realize, and again, everything that you're telling me, but what the state's um, doing or the, the policies that have not shifted or have shifted, it just sounds all counterintuitive to me to, you know, one, saving money for our taxpayers and and our state, and two, um, you know, providing good health care. And that's, a, what was the number, the percentage of people that are over 85? Um, well, it's it, we're number one as far as the percentage. Whatever that percentage is, we are number one on a per capita basis in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the other you know the other part of this is you know a lot of the people that need the care uh, are minorities. We ha- we have a lot of minorities working in this, and a lot of them are women. Yeah. A lot of them are minorities. And and I think the government really has a the state, uh, which has been you know touting the fact that they want to. Um, improve the living wage for women and, and bring uh, parity to women mm-hmm. um, has not produced as, as of yet. I know there was some slight initiative by the governor to increase, um, increase some of the reimbursement by about 7%, but that's 7% over 10 years, and the real cost of care has gone up probably 50 to 70%. So you, mm-hmm. you're talking some significant needs that are there. I, I know this governor was the first governor in a number of years, that did, uh, you know, to, to give her some credit to doing it. She did try to put something in there, but I think the big problem is they need a better understanding 
of what's going on here in, uh, in Rhode Island. Yeah, I, I think we all need a better understanding. I wonder, um, would you be willing to do a blog post that we could put up on the Waterfire website that just absolutely, explains absolutely. to people? Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you about that um, later on. Yeah. Uh, and we can absolutely do that. Because I think, again, I mean, I'm learning something from you now. And it, it, when you put the bullet points down there, again, it doesn't, to me, make a lot of sense as to why we can't let something or have something and help it pass through. And I think the more that people know and that the public knows, one, the incredible work that you and, uh, and everybody that's working for you does, and the incredible impact that makes on families, uh, not just the person being taken care of, but their families as well, is um, pretty miraculous. And, and it's, a, it's a super important part of, uh, you know, keeping people and happy and healthy and, and soulful, I would say. So, Lou, when you're hiring people, um, and as you said, you've got lots of opportunities right now, how can somebody get in touch with you? And are there any kind of restrictions? Or Well, they have to be licensed. Mm-hmm. They have to have a, a, you know, a CNA license or they have to have a, you know, an RN license or, or be licensed as a, a PT or OT. But, they can, but basically all they need to do is they can call uh, an easy number to remember. It's all threes, 333-3333, all threes. They can, um, How did you get that number? <laughs> well, we've been in business for a number of years. We got that number early on, and it stuck with us. That's awesome. Um, or they can call 1-800-333-NURSE. Okay. Um, but any one of those numbers um, will bring you into the into the company. You can ask for Linda there, yeah. who um, is someone that can be the uh, contact person, or they can just uh, state to the individual and answer the phone that they're looking to apply uh, to our company. Excellent. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna reinforce that uh, every week on the show now that you know that's what you're looking for and, and how people can get in touch with you. And thanks for opening my eyes and hopefully our listeners' eyes to some of the challenges that you're facing and that we're facing as we, we try to deal with the elderly and you know as we just try to take care of people. Uh, again, you and uh, your wife Marie are two of the kindest people that I know, and um, so appreciated your support for Waterfire. But even just running into and seeing you at Waterfire all the time. Time always just <laughs> makes me smile. So thank you so much, and thank you for supporting the radio station and Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. You're, you're helping us get out important information to people, Lou. And well, um, it's been our pleasure. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Because we're going to have to go to a station break. No, I got, you know, some good tips for the elderly. Just as I leave, they can wear flat shoes, avoid making quick movements. These, there's, you know, falls are a big problem among the elderly. Do uh, you know learn about elderly exercises that can and, you know, help you balance. Those are some of the things I think the elderly should really start to focus on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just as a, uh, some good tips for good health. Now, if somebody goes to your website, can they find some of those tips? Do, um, there... They can't find those, but they can get information about us at, at lifetimemedical.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, you just gave me a, a good idea. I think maybe that's some of the things that we'll start to uh, to provide for them. Well, and I guess what I'd love to do is I'd love to have you back on the show, and then we can focus on, yeah, some tips and things that you've learned over the years, and I would love to talk to some of the people who have received your services. So maybe next month we can um, figure out a time and have you back. Sounds like a plan. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you so much again for everything that you've done. Lifetime Medical, an incredible group. Um, Everyone, you've been listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And again, that is Lifetime Medical we just spoke um, to. And boy, did I just learn a lot about uh, legislation and what's going on in in the nursing industry here in Rhode Island. And I I hope that you listen to this. um, You could always listen to this on podcast if you just missed it. But when we come back, we're going to talk about... 
every crazy event happening in Rhode Island this weekend. And then on July July 1st through July 4th, uh, there is like this really wild event happening. And my dear friend, Pat Paolino Cruz, is going to be here to tell us all about it. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk in business. And I am Bronwyn Dannenfelter, your host, and I'm here with probably one of my favorite ladies and incredible event producers here in Rhode Island. And again, if you uh, don't know her, I'm not really sure where you've been, but my good friend, Pat Paolino Cruz. Well, hey. Hey, lady. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you came on because if there's one person that knows everything that's going on in Rhode Island, for the most part, usually... It's you, because either you produced it. But I'd like to know if there's anything going on. (laughs) Well, I mean, I know (laughs) that I'm missing. Well, we were talking about was this weekend is there's just all sorts of craziness happening. I'm going to Zubilee. Are you going to Zubilee? Unfortunately, I'm going to be in New York. Man, but you know I'm gonna be in You're New York. You're missing out, and it's Pride Fest in New York, and I didn't even realize that when I booked the trip. And I'm staying downtown. I'm oh, like, gee. yeah, I, I, this should be very, very interesting. <laughs> I'll send pictures. Okay, thank you. But yeah, the Zubali- I'll send Zubilee pictures because I'll be there with the giraffes. <laughs> well, the Zub- it's it's such an awesome and amazing event. I think I, I believe they still have tickets that are available. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, it's Saturday, and it's from seven to eleven at Roger Williams Park Zoo, right? Yeah, it's inc- it's really is an incredible event. Probably one of my absolute favorite events of the year. Yeah, and it's $125 for general admission. General admission. And, um, but it, it's for such a great cause. And the zoo, you know, it's such a fun place, even if you're free to bring your family. But even if you're like a big kid like me. I actually, um, is it, you know, it's a drinking event, so I'm not even sure. It's kids. No, but just the zoo in general. So I think just to support the zoo. I just came back from a safari in South Africa. (laughs) And I'm like, well, if I want to relive it, maybe I'll just grab my husband and be like, let's go to the zoo and and, and see what's happening. But yeah, so I mean, that's going on. And what else is going on in the city? There's a barbecue fest. Did you hear about this Ocean State barbecue fest? No, I missed that. It's at the Steel Yard. Crazy. Really? Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I did hear about that. I did. So that's that, a cool one. Yep. That's Friday that's from 5 cool to 10. And so, I mean, there just seems to be a host of things happening. Food truck Friday <laughs> at Roger Williams Park. Come All right. on. One of my favorites. All right. So you have a, do you have a favorite food truck? I have several favorite food trucks. <laughs> and I can't possibly say that on the air because I run events <laughs> and my food truck guys come to my events. So sorry, yeah, they're all my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who don't know, Pat, just to give them a little bit of background on you, can you just let, while well, we, have, you're always running networking events for people because you're a connector. I am a connector. That's, That's exactly what I am. So if I have to put my job into one word, I am a connector. Mm-hmm. I'm a connector of small business and consumers mm-hmm. with large events that I run. I am a connector of business to business and small business professionals and 
Yeah, I'm a connector. That's exactly it. Because I mean, it, the Southern New England Women's Expo. I know that you. Um, I don't know if you're still part of that, but I know right. you were actually instrumental and pretty much the head lead. I on did. That I did that for 12 years. I've actually been out for a year. Um, great, great event. And I think it's important um, to understand the dynamics of the kind of events uh, of those kind of events like trade show events so events like the home show or you know the women's expo i have a, a holistic event that i uh, that i absolutely love that i run in november mm-hmm. at crown plaza it's the mind body spirit event and i think it's important um for so many people because it actually supports between 50 and 100 mm-hmm. small local Local businesses, people that need help connecting with consumers that would be looking for for what they have. So, and that's only part of it. You also do the networking events right. because I know I, for a lot of people. Um, and again, I think this I, I tie everything back to water fire because you know I'm like water <laughs> fire centric. But you know that's our, one of our biggest things is we like to connect people from all different cultures and yeah. all different socioeconomic backgrounds and and even businesses. We like to, to see them come together. And I've seen that happen. You you hold monthly events. I do um, for individuals mm-hmm. um, who can come and meet each other because that can be daunting, especially if you own your own business or if you don't know a lot of people in Rhode Island or even sometimes. If you do, it's kind of that outreach can be difficult, right? It's a difficult thing, too, because, you know, with all the things, being a small business owner, um, business professional and sales or whatever it may be, even medium sized businesses, you don't have a staff that handles marketing or building your business for you. So it's really up to you to get out there and do it yourself. And so many of these small businesses are local Rhode Island businesses. They don't have the funds. Mm -hmm. They don't have Coca-Cola marketing funds to get out there and spend what have you on all the different media outlets that are available. They just own their own business. It's or they've got a what's that? Or they do? They've got a a side gig, or you know, or they're trying to get something off the ground. Right, and it's crazy because you don't have time, Mm -hmm. and nor do you have the funds to go ahead and do that. So the networking events are great because for ten dollars you can go in and meet, you know, two hundred and fifty new people and build your network, uh, build the people that you can actually talk to one-on-one, very casual, informal. There's no speaking. There's just, hey, come on in. And a lot of times I'll I'll try to greet some of the new people that come into our events. Now, you work the room and you introduce everybody to everybody. That's why I said you're a connector. I've seen that. And, you know, so you've got those events, which are very specific. Um, If somebody wants to get more information or figure out when you're having those events, how do they do that? Okay, so, you know... As with most people, other than Waterfire, because really your website is rocking. But (laughs) for other small business professionals, you know, the websites are always working back and forth. So I think the best place to find out about events that are going on, not just my events, um, but events in general, I post so many of them on my my timeline, and everyone is on social media. Yeah. So grab me on LinkedIn, grab me on Facebook. Those are the two best places to to find out any information. If you just go down the timeline, you will be able to see so many different events, and that's under Pat Paolino Cruz. Yeah, because you, I know you've yeah. got everything listed now. Yeah. So we talked about the things that are happening this uh, weekend, and now my, I've got to have you talk about it. 
there's this huge event which you sent to me, I'm which so I know excited. you put together, and it's from what? It's the July Fourth weekend, so it's like from July first to the fourth. To the fourth, yeah. All right, and. The Ancients and the Horribles Parade. <laughs> All right, so, well, first, why don't you okay. tell everybody what the event is, and okay. then you can explain to me what is an ancient and a horrible. Right. First of all, <laughs> you know, here's the crazy thing. It's not my event. Okay. okay. Ancients and Horribles Parade this year is 90 years old. Is that, all right, but why is it horrible? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Ancients and Horribles Parade is run in Gloucester and in Chipachet. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, it goes through the main main street. Thousands of people line up. And originally, it was started where it's kind of like where they make fun of different local things. Okay. Different fun, uh, make fun of politicians, make fun of things that are, you know, current events that are in the news, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So... Um, Sounds like a good time. Our guy, Joe Natale, runs that, you know. <laughs> so it's almost like the Follies. Or the Follies, come? exactly. The so Follies, and, but in know, parade style. Uh, right, exactly, in parade style. So over the years, it kind of transitioned where it has a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So you've got the typical elements of a parade where you have actual politicians coming through and bands and the clowns and, you know, what what have you, um, are, you know, pageant girls and whatever else would go in a typical parade, um, school bands. So they are kind of going through during the course of the day. The event is on Monday, July 4th, and the parade starts at 4 p.m. But that's not the only thing happening. This is no. like, and I'm sorry, because we're going to have to it's zip a, through this, I but know, this is what the Purple Cat... Right. I'll go super fast. So Friday night, they start off with a concert and a carnival in mm-hmm. Chipachet. At Purple Cat Winery, we also have additional things going on. There's live music, there's wine tastings, we have vendors going on, bouncy house, rock climbing walls, all different things for the kids. Saturday, same thing. There's entertainment all day at Purple Cat Winery. The carnival's going on across the street. Saturday night, it's fireworks. Fireworks. Are you kidding me? In Chipachet. Come on. It's going to be great. (laughs) Get your blanket. Let's go. We're going to sit out there, have a little... Purple Cat Winery, cocktail, drinks, wine. Now, is, and, is, it, is it just a winery? I just have to ask it. Or is there also a restaurant attached to it? Um, they have a philanthropy cafe, which is a restaurant inside the winery. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's some restaurants on the street. But we have all food trucks uh-huh. that will be. Are you kidding? We have it going on. <laughs> so we have the food trucks coming on Saturday night. Sunday, all day, afternoon, into the night, same thing. Vendors, food trucks, things for the kids to do, wine tastings, outdoor music. We have a fire pit going on outside. There's marshmallows and s'mores for the kids. It's just really great. And it's free. Community. Free. Free. Okay. Yes. Again, it's kind of it's, it's kind of like a it's like a water fire. You're trying to bring everybody yes, down. Yes. Just bring and... them on down because the, you know there's so many people that go into Bristol. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of fighting the traffic and getting in there at 5 a.m. to get a spot. And this is just you know alternative to that side of the state, and it yeah. brings people from northern Rhode Island, Connecticut. You know, there's so many different areas that it pulls in. And then of course Monday is the parade, so it's a completely Full schedule of events from Friday night yep. until Monday night. 
That is excellent. Yeah. So when people want to find out more information, I know that we should be posting it on Facebook, um, where to go to find out more information about this event. Yeah, I think the best place, again, if you know, if they want to get direct information, they can go through me on my Facebook page under Pat Paleno Cruz, and I have all of the events that are going on listed there. They can also um, get information at uh, gloucesterri.org. Mm-hmm. And at purplecatwinery.com. And you also have a road race happening? The, oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe I forgot that. You know, I'm like trying to go through this. There's a road sorry. race Sunday morning at 9. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a, it's such a great event. And actually, we probably could have taken the I whole know, show to talk really about fun. it. So I appreciate have, I appreciate this anyway. Because it's gonna great. We just want to see everybody there on the 4th. Well, I hope everybody takes the time and checks it out. Because it looks like a heck of a lot of fun. And something really neat to do. And again, so many things happening over a span of a few days so please check that out i want to thank pat palino cruz my dear friend for being on the radio and my co-host with me today and i want to thank you for listening to Waterfire ignites rhode island here on am 790 it is always our pleasure to be with uh, you here on thursdays but wait a minute next week preempted by the damn yankees again so we'll be with you on wednesday rather than uh-huh. thursday but that's okay because i like wednesdays too Have a great day, everybody. See you by the riverside.